0: We're, we're actually talking about that with the RV and um, could probably work on the podcast, too. There's like advertisement version of Squatter's Rights. Like we just advertise for someone long enough and nobody mm-hmm. tells us to stop. If after a certain time we could just send them an invoice.
1: Yeah. It's like, hey, we've been shouting you out every week for three years, Nike. I don't yeah.
0: it's like, <laughs> Where's our cut? This, <laughs> this is the Black Swarm Podcast brought to you by Beats Headphones, Lamborghini, and the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs>
1: Krause's Pizza. Krause's
0: Pizza. Shut up and sit down.
1: And welcome to the week eight edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. I'm Rob Antonell. I'm here with uh, co-host Hank Piper. Uh, We also have uh, Jim Matigli in the peanut gallery. Probably won't hear much from him, but uh, he's here. Uh, But tonight we have a special guest with us uh coach jason jarvis will be joining us tonight so uh how's it going guys doing good Good,
2: what's going on
1: all right
0: uh just real quick up top got a little bit of housekeeping to take care of um you know bonanza coupons food drive get that stuff in uh if you have any questions concerns uh any kind of commentary you can contact us at Black Swarm Pod on Twitter, the Black Swarm Podcast on Facebook, the Blackswarm Podcast at gmail.com if that's your thing. And also wanted to give a big shout out to uh, our strength and conditioning coach, Dan Studer, who designed our whole new logo. Uh, looks great. Looks makes this little uh, fly by night operation look professional. Um, you can if you like his artwork, you can buy his shirts and other kind of gear designed exclusively by him. At uh, Studer's Tiger Store. That's at uh, tigerstore55.com. Uh, he also has another website. Sell some other gear on there, slob55.com. If you uh, rather go you know, see yourself in person, you can go to JP Simon Store. That's Simon Says, downtown. And uh, they've got their own social media too. I think it's at Simon Says Store on Twitter, Simon Says Promotions on Facebook, and just wanted to give them a big shout out and a you know, big thank you to Stu for the great looking logo. Uh, well, let's get right into it. Uh, you know, KO was so good on here last week, and we thought we'd have another guest on this time. So, uh, Jar, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah.
2: Tough act to follow with Miller last week, huh? It was pretty it was good. Bro. pretty
1: good, but I, I got high hopes for you.
2: Yeah, thanks, Rob. Appreciate that. Hopefully, I can produce
1: yeah, let's yeah, get mean, right, right into you it. You were uh, what booster club meeting were you at? I, I was there for that one. Um, early, I think it was early. Week, it was week two, maybe one. I think it was week one. I week think one. it was week one because I wasn't there for that. Okay, I mean you spoke really well yeah. well at that, so I mean uh, definitely looking forward to what you have to say tonight. Cool, great, yeah. I'm All ready right. to roll. Yeah, so excited.
0: Let's, let's get right into it. Uh, you want to give like a quick uh, run through your football career, player, coach, anything?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh. Well, born and raised, you know, here in Massillon, Ohio. Um, My father coached here from 1975 to uh, 2000, 99, somewhere in there. (coughs) I, of course, played uh, as a Longfellow Poet, and we never lost to Lauren Andrews. (laughs) So you Massillon folks that that, uh, know the the old middle school setup, Uh, we were undefeated against the L.A., Obviously went on to play for the Tigers, started two years, started in 1998 at safety, started in 1999 at safety, Um, went on to play at Mountain Union, won a couple of national titles. Um, After my college career was over, um, I came back to Maslin in 2005 and uh, was a a volunteer coach and was the aide in the weight room with... Uh, coach Ty. Um, from there, I went down to Lexington, Ohio with uh, a former Tiger, BJ Payne, who was the head football coach. I was down there for three years. Um, then I went over to Glen Oak with Scott Garcia for five. And then now I'm back here at Mass. And this is entering my, well, this is currently my fifth year back in the Orange and Black.
0: Yeah, great to have you Thanks,
2: back. Thanks, man. I'm, you know,
0: this is home. This is where I belong. I'd- obviously much better than the green and gold yeah yeah sure yeah <laughs> all right so uh what are you coaching now
2: corners and i got uh, special teams so i'm control right. everything kickoff punt
0: and so you're special teams coordinator correct right. all right i think we touched on that a few weeks ago just definite answer now and glad to have you um real quick before we kind of get into east st louis and looking ahead to sun valley um I, just as a fan, I think our special teams this year has taken a big step compared to last year and I think as a special teams coordinator you would you know you'd really know why you know if you want to explain get into that you know it,
2: our kids take pride in special teams they really really do I mean um, two of our standouts uh, Seth Jefferson, Luke Murphy who you, you hear their names a lot. On, on kickoff team, on punt team, making tackles, so forth, um, and, and everybody else—Miles Stinson, you know, uh, Heath Manson. There's there's a list of guys on there. Trey Morgan's on kickoff team, and he's made some big time tackles. They love it. They they love being on that team, you know, and they they want to be on that team. They ask me all the time, Coach, you know, you know, I want to be. Let me you know, let me get a kickoff. Let me get kickoff. So they take pride in that stuff you know they know the importance of it you know they believe that they can change a game for the good or the bad they know a big you know tyree takes one you know 98 yards for a touchdown you know they know that that can change the momentum in the whole entire game and and so they i mean they they take pride in that and right now tyree is is uh um, one more touchdown on kickoff return he's broke the all-time record here at Maslin, and i've heard about that all week and our kids know that and they want they want to get him that that record, so the you know the ten guys that are blocking for him know that, and so their goal is to get him that that on that record board, and they take pride in that as well. You know, not only did Tyree take pride in it, but the guys on the team blocking on the KO, kickoff return team love it, and they and, and and they feel like it's their record too. You know, when they when that you know when they get that that third touchdown, so. You know, they take pride, pride.
1: Yeah, so when it comes to that kickoff, uh, I remember earlier in the year, You know, I'm not sure if it was just a shorter kick or a squib kick, uh, but whoever fielded the ball tossed it back to Tyree. Yeah. Now, was that specifically designed to try to get him the record, or was it just best for the return? Because it wasn't a forced thing. I mean, it worked out pretty well. You know the truth? Yeah.
2: They did that on their own.
1: Really? Really.
2: Yeah. I had no idea they were going to do that. Um, They did it on their own. And, and I didn't – you know, I didn't say anything. I, I wasn't mad, you know, that they did it. Well, Marcellus can handle the ball. It was Marcellus pitched it back to Tyree. Well, they were squib kicking us. They didn't, want the, they didn't want Tyree to get the ball. Um, so they were just pooch kicking us short keep the ball out of his hands. And it was actually – they were on the field and planned it out. So I said – so Marcellus – or so – Marcellus and Tyree said, "Hey, if the ball comes here, I'm gonna pitch to you." We had to return to the field at that point, anyways, and they did it on their own. That was totally them. And I and you know, was I mad? Was I surprised? Yep. <laughs> was I mad? Nope.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looked like it. it worked out well. It no, it worked like out great. Yeah, fumble, roosting, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, he caught it. He yeah. immediately pitched it. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was we
2: were in no danger of fumbling that yeah. you know they were it was a short kick like i said but it was a, it was a hot kick so it was fast um you know there were still a good 20 yards between them and the you know the the kickoff team so no we just let we rolled with it
0: uh, kind of like on that subject is it frustrating you know like having a guy like Tyree back there and teams specifically not kicking it to him hmm. and how do you like kind of work around that as a coordinator like drawing up to get Tyree's ball
2: yeah that's I mean that's tough st Louis didn't kick them the ball um we tr- we started to move I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but we started moving Tyree around and and they would try to kick the from the opposite hash, he was lined up on. So what it ended up happening was I put Tyree in the second in the second wall, um, in the middle. And at one point there was a there was a chest match between Tyree and the kicker. Kicker was number one. He was a pretty good corner and receiver. So the kicker would walk to one hash because they always kicked opposite. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they lined up on the right hash, and they kicked the ball to the left. So that's just kind of what they did. So Tyree was in the middle. And number one, the kicker would go to the one hash and Tyree would go to the other hash. And then kicker would see Tyree and then he'd start walking to the other hash. And then Tyree would switch too. And it got to a point where it was like four or five times. they was just like one step. And they were just kind of, you know, back and forth, like which way are you going to go? Mm-hmm. You know, but obviously that was the game plan for them was don't let eight touch the ball. Anybody but eight, you know. So, and with Tyree's speed, he was probably the fastest guy in the field even last week. Um, you know, with with their speed, he they had nobody that can run with him. Um, so it's it like little games, little chess match matches, you know, that happen right there in front of you. And uh, it's frustrating, you because know, you know it it it's frustrating, but it's also like you understand it because on the other side of the ball, if I had a guy like that, I was kicking the ball against. I'm like that kid's not touching the rock.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're kicking the ball away from that guy. And we've done that before, you know. So you just got to try to find ways to, to, to move them around. You know, let them set it up first, let them let the whistle blow, and then go, hey, Tyree, all right, you know, head over there or whatever. But
0: we had other guys that can run too. I mean, yeah. I so. think Zion fielded one kickoff at one point. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah we switched him and Zion. Zion went back deep, mm-hmm. and Tyree walked up, and then they kicked the ball deep and didn't squib it because they wanted, obviously, to keep the ball out of Tyree, and Zion caught it as a deep back they made a nice return
1: yeah we definitely have a a surplus of athletes that you can you can insert in there so uh when it comes to special teams specifically kickoff uh i mean it seems like they've kind of changed the rules you know recently i remember when we played uh we still did kickoffs as freshmen we did kickoffs in jv uh so now Correct me if I'm wrong, but freshmen are not doing kickoffs at all. No. And JV, it, it's optional. It's optional. And if the
2: coaches agree on it, then, like, I think of the first week of JV, they didn't kick off. What's your second week? Both coach they The mm-hmm. home team didn't want to do it. And so then our coaches just said, fine, we'll agree to it. So then the ball just started on the 30. I think it's 35. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've seen some of the JV games. It seems like they're not doing a lot of kickoffs. And, you know, to right. be honest, when I'm watching the game, it doesn't really seem to hinder the game whatsoever. Yeah. But how does it affect the younger players' experience when it comes Ooh, to special geez. teams?
2: That's a great that's a question. Yeah, obviously, he expects it if they're not, you know, they're not doing it. And and those JV guys, they don't get a lot of time on, on in our practice to, to be on kickoff. I mean, they might be on scout KO, you know, where they're doing what the other team's doing. But in terms of running our scheme and. and You know where they got to fit in the whole, you know, the whole thing. They don't get much now. Early in the year, they did. I had in the summer we had two full teams, so we had a white kickoff team and a black kickoff team. So we were able to get, you know, twenty-two guys reps and backups. You know, so we were able to go like like black, black kickoff versus white kickoff return. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and vice versa. So we were able to get a lot of reps early, but in the last eight, you know, eight to nine weeks. You know, those guys haven't gotten a lot of reps, you know, and they don't get it in the games, you know. Sometimes they, they just – so it, that is going to be an issue, you know, moving forward. And I, I, I see it, you know, I see it going away. I really do. Or I see them moving it up to the 45 instead of having them in the 40. I know NFL moved theirs up, colleges moved theirs up, and everything trickles down. Yeah, And I see – I see high school moving the ball up to the 45 here in the next couple years, hoping to get more touchbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of eliminate it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean even in college, you don't even have to kick it into the end zone anymore. You know, they can ca- they can call a fair catch like, right. inside the 10 yard line. So right. It seems like you don't see any yeah. returns anymore in college. Yeah,
2: I mean in the NFL, if you watch the NFL game, I mean how many guys kick the ball out of the back of the end zone? Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's almost you know routine. You know now if they kick the ball short, it's planned. That's not just a bad kick. They they try to kick the ball down to the one, you know, and tackle them inside the twenty-five where the ball goes. So you know, I, I, you know, things are changing. The game is changing, and that, and that's just one of the, you know, that's one of the areas they're trying to, you know, eliminate the big time hit. Obviously, with with the you know the concussion stuff. So I see that changing in high school here, you know, very very soon.
1: Uh, in high school, have they changed any of the rules when it actually? Pertains to how you can block for no. kickoff, so it's still all the same.
2: Yep. Like, okay. like uh, I know in college, I think it's two guys can be in the wedge, no more than two. If it's three guys, it's a penalty. High school, there is no such rule. You can have, you know, in your second, I call it, I call it second wave. You, you know, your wall blocking, um, you can have four or five people in that wall and not be pl- not be flagged. But in, I know in the NFL, um, I think it's two, off the top of my head, is most guys you can have connected in a in a wall or on a block.
0: Um, as a special teams coordinator and just, you know, knowing how special teams can change games, you you always say like special teams will win or lose you one game a year. Is it frustrating to see him kind of like them try to eliminate a play out of the game or how do you feel about that?
2: You know, I, I, I get it. You know, I You know, the game had been under attack you know, for, what, a couple of years now with, with the concussions and, and the CTE thing at the NFL level, you know, and obviously studies have come out that have kind of proven that wrong through high school and college, um, that, that there is no greater risk. Um, and and the helmet technology is has, has kind of, you know, double-timed here in the last couple of years with the, the helmets that are coming out now. Um, so I get it, you know, if that's what it takes to kind of, Save the game a little bit, I guess. I guess you kind of say, then, then so be it. Um, but you know, it does take away from from potential big time plays. I mean, obviously, with us, you know, we want number eight to have the ball, and you know, we want to score. I mean, that's that's basically what it is. So to take that out of our hands would really would really hinder us. Um, you know, we've had you know a couple big time returns. Two scores and and uh, I think he took one down like the three or four mm-hmm. got caught. I think it was it Warren Harding? What game? You guys remember? I don't know what game that was, but anyways,
0: I think that I, was the Warren game. Yeah, guy.
2: it was a, it was a, you know an eighty yard return, you know. Mm-hmm. So obviously that set our offense up for an easy easy score, you know. To eliminate that, you know, it kind of eliminates you know our our weapons, you know. But at the same time, I do understand it, you know, kind of what's happening in the NFL. Like you said, that always that stuff always trickles down, you know, from NFL to college to high school. So I, I think it's coming. It's just a matter of time now.
0: Now, like you said about how us trying to get uh, number eight the ball on special teams and th- and stuff like that, and I think we touched on it before a little bit in here, but it would be better to hear coming from our special teams coordinator how we've changed our punt up in the last couple of weeks, you know, how we've went from more of kind of a return set up to uh, more of a punt and block type system, and we went from having number eight returning punts to have Morgan out there, seven, or, you know, somebody else. Uh, can you explain, like, why we're doing that now?
2: Yeah, we weren't getting very good punts to return with, and Coach Miller brought it up, and I had done it before, um, at Lexington and Glen Oak, where I didn't have a return because high school punting is not college and NFL punch. You know, you get that that 40-yard high spiral, you know what I mean? That you're going to be able to, you know, set up. A lot of the kicks are short or shanked or low or bouncing all around, you know. And more times than not, you know, the blocking and the punt doesn't work because the timing is not there, and it, and, it, and it's just not not as productive. Um. So we went to a we went to a, a more of a, a really a ten man front. We had two returners back deep prior. Um, we went to a, a one deep. Um, we thought Trey was just a little bit longer, a little bit cover more ground. Um, so we put Trey back deep. Um, obviously, he's got pretty good hands, too. And went to a 10-man just kind of pressure. And, and you know, we we have a couple of ways we do pressure. We play safe. You know, we can hold them up. You have a couple of different options that we have. Um, so that, that has a lot to do with the punting of the opposing teams. We weren't getting... Three years ago, I don't know. Maybe it was just a year of the punters. But we had some some really good return. Plus, we had Austin Jasinski back there, where he returned a couple for a touchdown and a couple of really really long returns. Um, but we were getting better punts. Um, the punting this year just hasn't been as as well, it hasn't been as good. So our return game really took a hit. So we decided to put pressure on, try to get a shank punt, a bad snap, a block kick you know, um, and that's kind of the direction that we're
1: going to right now. All right, now to to kind of transition here a little bit, I mean, you also, you're the corner coach, correct? Yep. Okay, so, I mean, it seems like our secondary's done, you know, a, a phenomenal job so far this year, you know, made a couple big plays. Doesn't seem like anybody's been able to have you know, a lot of success passing the ball on us. I mean, are we doing anything different this year? Is, is it just more experience, mm-hmm. uh, or is it the competition we're playing? But uh, I mean, it definitely seems like we're gonna we're doing a good job so far. You know, what do you have to say about that?
2: And Nothing much has changed in terms of scheme uh, from last year. Although I was on the offensive side last year, so uh, you know I was aware of what they were doing. But I, you know, from my you know from my experience, my judgment, nothing too much has changed. Um, guys have just seen. Um, almost everything they could see in terms of pass routes and 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 stuff like that. So, I mean, just experience, guys. Guys know where they gotta be. Guys know what to do when this certain route happens. I gotta look here. You know, they know where their feet gotta be. Um, they they know how to break up on a pass. They know how to what arm to stick, what arm not to stick with. You know how to get up through the receiver, and they just know those things now. They're just they're just more experienced players. Um, it, you know, it, and we're pretty, we're pretty athletic. I mean, you know, to line up against our, our, our secondary and just say, okay, our guys are better than your guys, we're just going to throw the ball over the field, you know. Um, that's going to be a, be a, a challenge for, for, for people to do that, um, you know, because our guys can run. You know, they, we do have some length. We have some tall guys. You know, we have great speed back there. Um, and guys have great ball skills when the ball is in the air. They're able to get up there, knock it down, you know, deflect it, tip it, you know, and get a pass break up. Um, but, uh, you know, there's not much they, in the last two and a half years or so, that they haven't seen, you know, there's not much you can bring to the table that's going to go, uh-oh, you know, how are we going to handle this route? You know, they they, they know the responsibilities and, and they react and, you know, they're they they uh, they're very good at, in anticipation about what's going to happen.
0: Um, I know Kale brought it up last week. I think we mentioned it a couple times before, but teams defensively will tend to change up a lot of the things they do specifically to match up against us on offense. Now, are other teams' offenses doing the same thing, or are they just like, is it, is it different window dressing, or are they just trying to line up, it's run what they run, and say we're better than you?
2: No, we've seen a lot of stuff from teams that we haven't seen or prepared for during the week. Um, A a lot of times they'll keep their base stuff, um, but then they'll throw in a a bunch of wrinkles, uh, maybe a different formation. Like East St. Louis, when they traded their tight end last last week and went to quads, they had never done that in all the games that we saw. Um, So that was an adjustment we had to make pretty, pretty quick on the field. You know, and in between series, you know, and obviously at halftime to solidify that. But there was just stuff like that that teams try to do to, just to kind of get a, a, a schematical advantage on you. They try to get you out, man. Try to get be able to get to the edge. You know, try to win the numbers game. You know, um, so we do see that a lot, um, or really, you know, pretty much every week. Um, just some little things that they won't be able to change their whole offense, um, but they'll see we'll see little wrinkles um, that that you know nobody's ever seen before and, and that's just a testament to our kids to be able to you know to take the adjustments see it recognize it implement what we want them to implement and, and and you know cover it up and and get it stopped
1: so just a random question that just kind of popped into my head now since since we talked about it last week offensively this week defensively just from a concept standpoint mm-hmm. would you say it's easier for a team to just to adjust offensively or defensively? Hmm. Would it be easier for a defense to adjust? To well, we have kind of off-
2: defensive. we have more wiggle room, I think. Okay. Um, you know, we can uh, offensively, you know, say you prepare for a certain front, right? And you practice all week, you know, blocking the, you know, whatever the three, four or not, or even or odd, whatever you run. And you prepare all week for that, you know, and, um, they come out in something totally different. And they come out in a in a fifty shade or whatever, a five three, whatever they do to stop the run. Um you know, as a as an offensive staff, as an offensive player, you have to kinda of pull things, you know, back from three, four, five weeks ago. Maybe you saw it in the summer or you saw it versus, you know, maybe Warren Harding ran something similar to that, and you gotta kinda of pull back the blocking schemes for that. I think it's a little more difficult on offense than it is on defense. You know, on on defense, you know them quads. Okay, we got to go to this right now. You know what I mean? And, and offense is similar, but but I just think defense has more room, uh, more wiggle room to, to adjust on the fly. You know, um, like we had the. I mean, with the, with the quads thing that when they traded and they traded the tight end last week, and we had the answer. You know, we knew what what we had to do to it. Obviously, we had to communicate that to our kids first of all. The kids had to understand what they were seeing, and then make the adjustments to everybody, you know, else that's on the defense. Um, but our kids handle it pretty well, so I, I think it's easier on defense. Not that it's not easy easier, and I'm not saying that you know you got to be smarter to play offense because you don't. But you know, I just think there's more wiggle room in defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, so you brought them up, but we might as well get right into it Uh, that was one of the greatest like football games i've ever been to live uh what what are your thoughts on east st louis
2: they could play (laughs) they had some they had some really good looking kids they had some uh some speed some size some strength um quarterback was a really really good player and he's only a sophomore um you know that they're a heck of a team, and for us to play the way we played, and to 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 you know be down at halftime, come back in the second half, and and kind of keep pounding away, you know, and keep pounding and keep pounding and, and keep playing, and you know, it was really a, a good sign for us. You know, we hadn't been tested in the second half, or well, really all year. You know, we've had a lot of running clocks. You know to see our kids go deep into the fourth quarter you know really down to the last play of the game you know and, and to fight like that and to play that the level they played at um as a coaching staff was was really was really uh was really good to see but i'm glad we're not playing those guys again
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can't say i disagree with that sentiment um one of the first things i noticed was our defensive front we were rotating guys almost every play was that to keep our guys fresh because they had a lot of guys going both ways or what was the thought there
2: yeah just keep keep fresh legs in there keep guys fresh and we knew it was going to be a four-quarter game you know um we were so we were preparing you know preparing our kids for you know the third and fourth quarter and keeping fresh legs in there on those on those big linemen they had and 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 they were big and, and they were good um So we wanted to keep fresh bodies in there.
0: Uh, Kind of that same thing. It wasn't on a play-by-play basis. It seemed more of a close to a series-by-series, but our back end as well. We were kind of shuffling around guys a little bit. We were, you know, people are just going to look at the box score, see we gave up like 400-some yards rushing, but we were without our starting Sam linebacker, and it seemed like we were still trying to find an answer for that uh, during the game.
2: Well, we, we just moved Preston who was our, our starting safety um, down to Sam. And so he was now our starting Sam. and then we, we, we had to play we played Robbie and, and Murph at that safety spot. Um, so really we had you know t- we had to move two positions, you know um, And so we were just trying to, trying to find the right combination of guys. Um, and and Robbie and Murph are both really, really good players. They do some some different things um, You know they, they have a different skill set I guess and so we, uh, Coach hack was trying to match up with what they do best with the situation um, Even down to down a distance um, he, he was making calls on guys so it was, uh, it, was it, it was I wouldn't say it was challenging um, but it was different, you know, from just a, a certain guy playing every every down, every snap, and you just know he's gonna he's gonna be there. So, but the both guys did it did a fantastic job, and obviously played pretty well um, in both the pass game and the, and in the run game. But you know, um, Kai Shad's back uh, this week. I expect um, Preston to probably will go back to his safety spot. Mm-hmm. And we'll kind of be what we look like, you know, the first the first four or five weeks of the, the season.
0: What's the challenge there in finding, like, when you have to replace one of your key guys on defense? Because, you know, you can have a plan for it going into it. You can practice guys at different spots. But I can't imagine our practice team can quite replicate what East St. Louis does. Right. So no. what's the challenge there, you know, like kind of going in with a plan and having the wiggle room there and adjusting on the fly?
2: Well, it's just different positions. I mean, you know, safety and, and SAM are, are similar, uh, you know, w- when the safety is rolled down. Um, but the, the day-to-day activities of the SAM versus the day-to-day activities of a, of a safety, you know, they are different. You, different angles, there's different calls, there's different responsibilities you know it's not the same position that you know that's why it's a sam and linebacker and that's why it's a safety um so you know having to move from safety to to sam i mean preston's a great player he's tough you know he can run he can tackle but it's not it's not it's not a sam linebacker it's not what he practiced all summer it's what he, you know it's not where he was at all last year so it's just a different position you know and and then to you know not only move preston to move press down, but then we have, you know, now we have Robbie and Murph um, that, that are kind of, you know, uh, thrust into that starting spot. Um, and, and they've got to get game ready. You know, they have to, to, you know, to adjust to the speed of the game and, and be able to, to check, you know, in a split second, you know, a coverage or a call or a strength call, whatever. Um, and so when you practice that, and obviously we practice that daily. Um, but you can't you can't match that you know in a game.
1: Yeah, I mean that, that was definitely a, a heck of a game to get your first uh, you know live game speed experience at. You know they not only were they a very fast team, but it seemed like they worked quickly. If you you know every now and then, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like there was a few times our defense not as much on the back end, mm. but maybe up front uh, we weren't always set mm. uh, at the time of the snap or just getting set. Was that was that more of just shuffling in linemen back and forth, or were we not getting the calls? On what they were saying or were they just working way too fast
2: it's a little bit of the both um they definitely went faster than they've gone before against us um you know they didn't show that that up tempo i mean they were they were they showed some that they could huddle they could get on the line of scrimmage and run some plays pretty quick but they were going pretty pretty fast i mean they were they were going faster than than we anticipated them going and and then it, yeah it does kind of you know, hinder your your guys getting in and off the field. We're trying to get fresh legs on the defensive line. You know, because, you, you know, some of our offensive line guys are playing defensive line. So you hate to have those guys in for, you know, a 12, 13-play drive. And then turn around and they got to go back on the offensive side of the ball. And so we want to try to get guys in and out. And they were going pretty fast. You know, a couple times they were, you know, they were they were men are fast. You know, Oregon fast where they were, you know, they were getting ready to snap the ball and the whistle of the play clock was just starting. So – yeah, it was a combination of both, and it, it, it you know that's something that obviously we got to prep for you know all week, but we didn't anticipate them going that fast.
0: I think it was it was the booster club meeting. Uh, Eric Copeland, uh, our, one of our defensive line assistants, he was speaking there. He was the coach that night, and he was saying you know another part of that was we were trying to actually like shift our front before they could get the ball off, and that's kind of what. Help catch us off guard a little bit, and that after we saw that, and that we couldn't get you know quite as set as we wanted to be, that we just kind of stopped doing that as much. You know, went back to a more back to basics and do what we do.
2: Yeah, we wanted to stem a little bit and give them some different looks up front. You know, move in and out of certain fronts, Um, but like I said, them going fast kind of kind of took that away from us, and you know, we just needed to get lined up. To whatever formation they had, they had in front of us, and we we had to stop worrying about, you know, lining up in a four man front and moving to this or moving to an under, or moving to an over, and just get lined up and play, um, and that's kind of where it went as the game went along. Um, and we it, it, we did, you know, we got it corrected, but you know, um, early on, um, it kind of took us out of some things that we wanted to do.
1: In a in a game that was so. You know, offensively, you know, it, it dominated on the stat sheet. Uh, you know, there weren't a lot of a lot of punts in the game. Not a whole lot of turnovers. Uh, I mean, what what's your message to the kids as the game goes on, where you know it's it's a tight game the whole way through, but it, it just seems like both offenses are working very effective.
2: Just keep grinding. It's a four quarter game, and that's just what we told our kids. You know, this this is why you know this is why you play the game for these these you know, this way play the sport for these type of games. We just want to keep grinding, just keep at it, keep at it. You know, we knew we were going to get a stop when it, You know, we needed to get a stop. Um, and we knew our offense was clicking, obviously, um, and they were having a hard time stopping us in the second half. Um, and so we knew if we just kept after it and kept playing hard, um, you know, we were going to be able to get a stop and our offense was going to and score and we are going to give ourselves a chance to win the game.
0: Um, I – I, I said before the game, I don't think I said it on here, but they their offense kind of lived on the big play. Big scoring drive, you know, like breaking off a big run or throw, uh, beating coverage deep, breaking off a big pass. Um, and really, I think we held them to, like, two big plays, one of which I want to shout out Royals on this. He made a tremendous running behind the kid and chased him down and tackled him, I think, within the 10-yard line to save the touchdown. Yeah. Um, how, like, do you make it a point to, like, you know, if you're going to score on us, you're going to march down the field and score on us? Uh, what Like, what do you tell your kids when you're going up against an offense that like, got 700 yards on a guy?
2: Yeah, you know, we you go up against that kind of offense, they're going to make plays. You know, we and we knew that. we You know, we told our kids all week, you know, they're going to make plays, they're going to break a run, they're going to get a pass on us. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, especially when you're playing a team that athletic and that fast, um, so we we just worry about lining up, playing the next play. Um, you know, always give yourself a chance to line up again. You know, if it's running somebody down and tackling them at the one yard line, we do it. Uh, we want to make them line up again, take another snap. You know, and, and make them score on us. Um, obviously, we would never want to give up big plays, um, especially when you got a team that thrives on it. Um, so we 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 made a, a good, made a point of emphasis of just keeping things in front of us. You know, not letting them get over the top of us on the big plays because, you know, th- throughout the film we saw them. I mean, they, they they big played you to death, you know, against most of the teams that they played. So, and we you know, we get guys that can run, you know. Uh, so we were able to run run some guys down, uh, and I'm not sure they had been run down before. Um, and then in the games we've seen, um, they had – so we were able to run, I can think of three – I think they had three off the top of my head. Preston Hodges was one on their sideline. Tyree, obviously, I think Tyree got two. Um, so, you know, we, we you know, to the whistle blows, man, and we're playing.
0: Uh, I know in the first half they had one play that seemed to kind of give us a lot of trouble. It was when they lined up four wide, two by two, send a guy in like a jet motion, fake it to him pull the backside garden tackle is a kind of a counter tray type play and hand it off to the backer. Uh, the kids at the boost club meeting, they kind of said this more generally, but that, you know, the first half was a lot of missed assignments, mental errors, missed tackles. Uh, and we seem to shut that play down more in the second half. Was that more schematically like a little tweak or a fix that we kind of stopped that? Or was that the kids just, you know, knowing that they screwed up and being able to fix those errors?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. Um, they actually ran um, what we call like a gator, where they kind of false key us too. They they pull mm-hmm. um, and tackle opposite and hand the jet off, you know, to the same side of the the opposite side of the pool, trying to get our backers to fill on the counter, and, and uh, they're running jet to the to the opposite side, you and know.
0: Fitch actually ran that against us a couple times last yes. year. Correct. I think I spoke to that on the podcast earlier. That I was looking for that, and they never did.
2: Yeah. But. Um, so th- th- we never seen them run that before either, St. Louis. So that was a that was a, and that, that that came again. We had to make a slight adjustment in, in what you know certain kids did. Um, you know, and you know it's just a matter of time getting communicated to the kids, making sure they recognize the, the set, the formation, and then recognize the play as this happens. So um, it's a little bit of both. You know, we 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 made a couple little tweaks. Um, the kids just kept playing. And, and they kept after it. And we tackled better, obviously, in the second half than we did the first half. And um, we got lined up faster in the second half. And they slowed down a little bit, you know, with their, their tempo stuff in the second half. Um, so, you know, just a combination of, of, of players and coaches working together, you know, and, and, and communicating and talking things out and getting things done on the field.
0: And that was a big thing the kids and uh, the coaches said at the Booster Club meeting is that you know, we're a four-quarter team. You absolutely. saw, like, in Fitch, we put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, this this team, I don't think they were prepared to really come out in the second half and play like they did in the first, and we just went at them even harder. So, I mean, is that – well, no, I'm not even going to ask, because that, that is our mindset that if oh, absolutely. you want to yeah, beat us, you have to play all 60 minutes.
2: Absolutely. And we get that, obviously, in the weight room you know, in in December and January. Well, actually, we didn't start until January. January, February, March, April, that's where that stuff, you know, that's where that stuff happens. And it's just the mindset that our kids have had. And, you know, we're going to play four quarters. I mean, that's, you know, that's just all there is to it. We're going to keep after you. We're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing. And and as long as that, you know, as long as that ball is snapped, you know, we're coming. You know, that's just kind of our kids' mindset.
0: Uh, getting into a couple other things. I know special teams, you know, it was more kickoff than anything. But uh, one, two big plays actually, I think, on special on punt, the only two punts of the game, the uh, Clark made a, a good play that I think went unnoticed by a lot of people when he got pretty vertical off the ground to save that high snap and still get the punt off. You know, the punt kind of, he shanked it a little bit, but to even, you know, catch it and still boot it and get, any kind of positive yards on that uh, you got can you explain what happened there
2: that was a huge play and, and as a staff we I mean we you guys obviously saw it and we saw it too and that was a heck of a play by Dean to go up vertical like that and catch I mean he was fully extended um you know that ball was up up there pretty high and he was able to get up and get it and get the punt off and I think he hit it for i think it was about 30 yard punt maybe maybe a little less. Off yeah. the top of my head, um, but to make that play was huge. I mean, it's huge. I don't know if they scored in that possession. I think they scored in that possession, anyways. Um, they had forty, so <laughs> chances are. Um, but that was a huge play to make that to make the play. Then the fumble. Mm-hmm. Well, when when kicked off yeah. after we scored, you know that we got the ball first. Uh, first possession, second half went down and, and, and put seven on them. Kick off and uh, Heath Manson. Uh, made it just a pure hustle play. Um, he was on the outside, uh, number one, and they returned to the field like they were doing to us all night, and he just ran his butt to the to the ball, and some guys had him held up, and he put his helmet in there right on the ball. And the ball popped out. And we get the ball, put another seven on the, on the board, and now all of a sudden we're up. You know, we were down 10 at half, and within, you know, three, four minutes, we're up, you know, 24-20, you know. So that was a big-time momentum swing for us. And, and I think, you know, they felt that too. You know, and our, that's when our crowd got into it. You know, that's when we, we you know, this is a four-quarter game. Here we go. Let's go.
0: And one last uh, special teams question before I get into the crowd, which I did want to ask about. Um, Trey, I know this game and a couple past, he's been a very heady returner. Like, you know, he's making the smart plays. Like he'll let the ball bounce in front of him. And when it starts to roll back, he just picks it up and he gets what he can get instead of, you know, where you would normally see a lot of guys like let it roll and the punt team just down it. Is that something you've worked with him a lot or is that film review or is that just like is he just a smart kind of football player?
2: Both. <laughs> I'm giving you guys a lot of both answers here. Coach Hacks worked with those guys. Oh, he worked with those guys all year. And and we, 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 we punt and, and punt return daily. And – you know, Coach Hack does a great job with those guys back there, and they know. You know, if that ball is short, and Peter, 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 get away from it, and pointing at the ball, and then when that ball bounces, you know, if you, if it, if it if it's a good bounce, I mean, my dad I mean, always told me. My dad always told me football is an odd shaped ball. It takes odd shaped bounces. You know, it's not a basketball. You know, it takes a good bounce, and, and you feel you can feel it. Go ahead, and feel it. Get what you can. Get down. Get out of bounds. We'll take the ball. You know, um, you know they, and they, they're able to tell between a good bounce and a, bout, and a bad bounce. You know, obviously, when the ball's rolling around back there, get away from it. You know what I mean? We, we we still want the ball. You know, we don't want you to go in there and try to make a play and, you know, cough the ball up and they, re, they recover, obviously. Um, but Trey's a great athlete with great hands. Um, you know, his, his hands are gigantic. Um, and so he's really, really good at that. That's one of the reasons why we put him back there. You know, you referring to an earlier question. He's really good at that judgment stuff. And and they're prepared. Coach Hack prepares those guys to, to what they're going to see. So it's a little combination of both.
0: And, yeah, getting back to it earlier, what was it like being on the field and hearing our crowd get that into it? I mean, we, at one point we had a TIG chant going across the stadium.
2: That was, that was as loud as I can remember – a non McKinley non playoff game being oh in a long time, and when the the TIGERS chant started, that that was that reminded me of when I was you know seven eight nine years old in the in the eight, late eighties, you know mid eighties that, that you know it would be that loud uh, the, that brought me back, and I and I, I and honestly I thought about it as it was happening. Like ah, oh, this crowd is awesome. You know what I mean. And they started that TIG. So well, this is really loud. Like, like these guys are, these guys are into this. Um, and that crossed my mind actually during the game. That you know, our our our, our fans are ready to go, and our kids feel that. I mean, you, you feel that on the field. You know, people say, oh, I don't hear the crowd. I don't hear it. You hear that, and you know that, and you can feel that. And you know, our kids feel that. You know, and and you know, with our our fans that. that uh, you know play a part in that game like they did you know it was it was all third downs they were awesome you know loud you know i think one of our kids told me um that their offensive line made a comment to to their own team that they couldn't hear anything um so you know that was, i think that was in the fourth quarter so i mean right there that, that's proof you know our, you know i forget who told me i think it might have been I think it might have been Creek Bomb or somebody. Somebody on the front seven said, "Coach, they were they were yelling at each other because they couldn't hear because of our crowd." So they were arguing back and forth about snap counts, whatever play calls and, and checks and blocking schemes. And they said that they were, they, you know, they were arguing because they couldn't hear each other because that's because of our crowd, which is, which is awesome.
0: You know, that's tremendous it, to see the crowd get into that. And it wasn't even really—I mean, it was full. But it wasn't a packed house, right? But and to see us still get us live as we did, I'd love to see what we can do when we do fill the seats, right? And that's my way of saying, get your butts in
1: there and fill the seats. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it was happening. I, I was I was surprised because, like you said, it, it was a non-McKinley game, non-playoff game. I know. I mean, everybody knew it was a big game as right. an out-of-state team. You know, we were excited. We wanted to show them what it was about, but. I was still kind of surprised that it happened, you know, as well as it did. It, it was as loud as it was. Uh, I mean, and that's huge. That if you can affect another team, being able to hear, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, you know, might at home might not think that's a big deal. But you know, you hear a lot about that at the NFL college level. Uh, I remember when we played at Steubenville my senior year. You know, there there were times where I had a hard time hearing the snap count, which as a receiver it's it's not always as important right. as, as a lineman. Right. Um we had a few checks at the line which are hard to hear. But I mean, it shows how crucial the crowd can be in a big yeah. game. Absolutely. And, you know, if anything, you know, keep it up. You know, don't listen to negative Nancy behind you complaining that you're standing up on a big third down. You yeah. know, that's just a good reason to get louder. Yeah,
0: and, and tell, tell her, her to stand up, up, right, up right behind you. Behind you. You know, if she can't, can't see then you can always stand, stand up, up. I mean, well
2: the, the, you know the proof is you know our kids said they said mm-hmm. we can't hear you know I mean what more proof do you need than that I and mean, that's straight from thats straight from the field on Friday night you know so you know it, it affects the game but it you know it affects our kids in a positive way and it affects the other team in a negative way I mean
1: that's good yeah, yeah home field advantage is definitely a real thing.
2: It's a real thing absolutely. You know they take. What do you think they take spreads for? Uh, you know home and away, and you know, you know they're, they're away, so oh, you know, they get a home game. I mean that's it's real. I mean that's, that's not some make believe cliche statement. Um, just,
0: just a couple other things, things to get in to touch, touch on, real on real quick. I mean yeah, I know you're on the defense side of the, the ball. Offensively, we, we were kind, kind of rolling on all night. night. I figured you know to, to go, 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 go along with, with us holding them, them to, it, to not make big plays that. Play I figured we were the only thing that would stop us and you know really the only drives that we stalled on I figured we had you know just a misassignment, a drop pass Something like that um, And we got you know, I've been saying on here for a while. We've been vanilla or a pretty base You know, I figured we came out pretty creative. We put Jameer up at the wing mm-hmm. sent the halfback out on more kind of uh, on more routes uh mesh, a uh, play that we ca- that we ran once against Fitch uh late mm-hmm. when Trey had his big catch and run. Mm-hmm. We ran that a lot more and I think we had a lot more complimentary plays to go with it. Um, you know, like running all verticals and just sending Trey on a short crosser. Uh even a play we've had, we ran against Menner last year, week one drive, which you know, crosser and then a dig over top of it, we ran that. And how it just all kind of complements each other. Mm-hmm. Is that stuff we more kind of game plan for this week since we thought we'd see more man or is that just we've had in our back pocket and we've been saving it for a team that we needed it for.
2: Yeah, I mean those guys practice that stuff every day. You know, they, they they you know, our whole offensive you know, a whole a whole offensive system and playbook, you know, we practice every day. Now what they take into the game changes from week to week, you know. And so we, you know, we like this run. We don't like this run. We like this, you know, we like this pass. We don't like this pass. So it, you know, you know, they kind of have a bank they go to, and you know they can pull whatever they need out of that bank. But they practice this stuff all the time. You know, obviously they'll hone in game week. You know what they want to what they want to attack on the defense side of the ball. But you know, yeah, they they, uh, you know, there's plays that you guys might see. Once or twice, but you know, the offense practices them literally every day.
0: Mm. And one of those plays being the, I don't know why people keep calling it a flea flicker. It's, it's not, not a flea, a flea flicker. flicker. The Philly special? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, I was up out of my seat cheering as soon as I seen Lefty rolling out the backfield and nobody over there covering him. I think it was probably before Ballard even got the ball. At what point were you celebrating that touchdown?
2: About the same time. <laughs> Um, I think I think somebody gave me a heads up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not on the same headset. Uh, I forget who. I think it was I think it was Miller. Goes here goes. And I, I knew what he meant. Why well, here goes? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was able to to stop and watch. And as soon as he ro- as soon as he released, you mm-hmm. know, it was you knew what was going to happen. And Jaden, you know, Jaden made that. Kind of like a jump throw yeah, it scared
1: yeah. me for a second we did that I
0: mean yeah, that was something I didn't see it until I saw a replay yeah, uh, that would have gave me pause if I saw it in real time yeah. but for First him to make that, make that throw was he, was a great uh, throw that so.
2: yeah he, he can do some special things I mean he,
0: you know and he's a pretty good athlete actually that uh I, that, that got, got me into another question. question uh you know Jaden ballard uh hundred percent completion percentage. Only throws touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. A, we, we talked a,
2: about that today in the office. We have a quarterback. <laughs> <Yeah. for him? laughs> That's funny you say that. We literally had that conversation today in the office. We're like, Man, the guy's two for two, two touchdowns. You know, I think we need to throw the ball more with him. Yeah. But you know, he's always he's always throwing the ball in practice. You know, he's every little chance he gets. Him and Trey are you know they're they're doing the one handed catches on the sideline and throwing mm-hmm. the back and forth. And Jaden can throw the ball. Jay can throw the ball 50 yards in the air easy. Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a rocket. He really does. So, And uh, a lot of our guys can throw the ball. And they're just good athletes. They're just, you know, they're just good athletes. Huh? So, yeah, he's two for two and two touchdowns. Not a bad mm-hmm. quarterback efficiency rating, huh?
0: Definitely not. I mean, I don't think they
1: that- – that count, uh, counts for a small. I think you have to get to ten attempts. So I mean, just put that <laughs> we'll in the back yeah, pocket yeah, okay, there. Yeah. But you know, I've uh, no, got no, a couple years to do it. I'm bringing
2: that up to Mazer and Trucks. You know, <laughs> yeah. to ten attempts just, in a career. Yeah, is that what all. it is? I'll bring that up. Make sure we get eight
0: more in here before the end of the year. <laughs> all right. So about to be ten for ten. Ten touchdown passes. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Buckle up. Here we go. Right. <laughs> um. A couple other things. Just I. Talked about it, it after the Firestone game going into Fitch, how we kind of changed up our outside zone run and how the, the fullback kind of blocks backside on our outside zone, even though we don't need it just to make it look like the front side of power. Uh, most of the game, they were keying on our fullback. And when we ran that play, they crashed hard on, you know, the fullback. It, which opened up a nice hole for Zion to—he popped off like a ten, twelve-yard run—and that's just you know one of the little things you might not notice as a fan sitting in the stands, but just how our entire offense works together and you know meshes like it does.
2: Right, you know, and you know, I don't, you know, I don't know all the little, you know, the, the little details the offense does. You know, I, I got enough things to worry about with special teams and corners. But, yeah, they, they, that's an example of just some things that, um, you know, they practice and and have and, and can pull out at any point in time. Um, you know, our um, offensive staff prepares our kids better than anybody I've ever seen, you know, in a high school program, you know, so, you know, um, those things are going to happen. I mean, they're able to find weaknesses and 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 exploit those weaknesses as good as anybody as I've ever seen.
0: Uh, and I think the last the last thing I want to touch on the third and five going in for our last touchdown when Jaden, you know, Bal- when Ballard caught the touchdown pass yeah. it, that what looked like just a heave into the end zone. Yeah. I thought he was just, you know, you know, screw it, throw, throw it. it away. Yeah. But the fact that he dropped the ball right in the back of the end zone and for Pallor to make that catch and toe touch was just incredible and I Honestly, I don't even have a question for you. I if you want to comment on it, that's fine. I just wanted to shout it out. Mm. Uh, you know, third and five. I'm looking for you know a five yard pass, right. and just to see him chuck it. I know I got real nervous and then real excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, we're sitting there uh, right next to Matt, and I, I was talking to Matt. He said, "We're gonna go for it right here." Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, third and five, like four down territory. Like let, let's get." Three yards on a run, two or yards on a run. You know, I was like, let's play it safe. He said, No, we're throwing it up. I was like, All right, Matt, we'll see. And I mean, obviously it turned out to be an amazing play. I actually saw on YouTube just today, I was watching a recap of the game from uh from a fan. He does a lot of Mm -hmm. videos like this, and he was down right behind the end zone. Right there. Right where it happened. Right where it happened. And I I watched the play and it just dropped right into his hands, got a couple feet in. You know, I mean, just a magnificent. If ball.
2: you watch Jaden's hands on that cu- on that cut, he doesn't bring his hands up to catch the ball until the last second. Mm-hmm. So that you know, they he two guys are on him, mm-hmm. number one and number two, I believe it was. Um, number two is a four-star safety, and number one um, is a junior high riser, you know, three-star guy. And so he, you know, he's running, and you don't see him, you know, extend his hands to catch the ball until like the very, very last second, and they can't do anything about it. You know, to get the ball away from him because they don't know that he's catching the ball, mm-hmm. and you know, how about the throw from Aiden Longwell? Wow, that's, um,
0: that's what I'm saying. It just dropped right where it needed to be.
2: I mean, as good as the throws I've ever seen in a high school game. I mean, he literally threw that ball. Um, I don't know, by 45 yards, yeah. right, somewhere yeah. in that area. Yeah. We were four down territory. I think we we're going for it. Mm-hmm. We were four downs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you saw it happen. You're like. wow did that just happen like that really that really just happened like he really made that throw and he really made that catch you know and uh you know aiden aiden can sling the rock um the guy's a the the guy's a competitor i can't say enough good things about aiden longwell i really can't the way he handles this team the way he leads this team uh, you know his, his 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 attitude you know he's he's, he's always kind of cool calm and collective he's never too high he's never too low and and you know his skills you know his, his arm to be able to throw the ball you know like he can you know, that's that's not easy to, to defend
0: you know that's one thing on here I, I think I touched on a little bit just how he's a d1 arm talent no question and uh, that's something I haven't touched on it much just because it speaks so much for itself
2: yeah you know? and I mean you know I think I think I think we're spoiled yeah you know you know we, I think we're spoiled a little bit you know there's throws that he makes in practice you know even last year I remember when it would be on the offensive side of the ball in practice he'll make a throw and like I'll stop and like look at the other coaches and be like did you just see that throw he just made yeah. like and then like you know, Mazer look at me or last year or Troxler or Weber, mm-hmm. or, and they'll kind of just look at me, and I look at them. And they're kind of like, "Jeez, that's a, that's a college throw." I mean, oh, yeah. that's a big time, that's yeah. a big time throw. And that was when he was a sophomore. You know, he does the same thing this year in practice. You know, he'll will flick a ball, you know, just with his wrists, you know, almost sixty yards in the air, and and put hardly any effort into it. And you just look at the other coaches, and you're like. Jeez, that's that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. so yeah, he's a, he's a special kid. He really is, you know.
1: Yeah, I remember last year. You know, looking back at some of his throws, I thought he was really good at spotting the ball, you know, yeah, especially yeah. on like the sideline routes. He put yeah, away from the defender. Yeah. Uh, I mean, at least once a game, I, I say like that was a college throw. A lot of times, it might be like an incomplete pass. Yeah, it
2: does, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And but you just go, wow, like that's mm-hmm. what a college coach wants to see. Because mm-hmm. you know, as a receiver coach, like. You obviously want them to catch every single ball they can get a hands-on. But sometimes, I mean, I feel like he throws the ball right away from a defender. It's a tough play for a high school receiver. But, like, watch wow, when it throws that's the ball really going to gonna Watch forward. when he throws the ball to Trey where he puts the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that was, on purpose.
0: That was one play last year when we ran just all hitches and a guy playing off coverage on Trey.
2: Was it against I mean, Fitch?
0: It was against every team. Just huh. high yeah. and away or I mean, whatever it may be. High away. That's on purpose. Yeah. There was one play uh, – that play last year or yeah last year against Glen Oak where he put the ball right where it needed to be the corner played it perfectly he was just like an inch short Mm -hmm. if he didn't put that ball exactly where it was that corner would have had a pick six Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. it. I know we talked about it all off season like this kid is special and then I think it was like maybe a month before the season started that I actually got on and watched his highlight tape on Huddle I'm like wow this kid is special yeah and I think I said on here not too long ago that I heard it uh might have made a guy or two on our offensive staff a little mad about how he can't I'd I said something negative about how he has a hard time hitting a guy in stride down the sideline. <laughs> and that's just it's more of like he'll let it hang sometimes. You know? Yeah. And it it just stands out. Yes. Because of how well he throws
1: everything else. Yeah. It seems like a few times that there might have been a timing issue yeah. here or there. But and I mean, you see the throws that he can make. I mean, they're they're beautiful.
0: And like what Cale said on here last week, how that's sometimes even the receiver's fault. You know? Mm-hmm. It's just it stands out so much because of everything else he does so well. You're spoiled. Exactly. That's it. You're spoiled. And, you know, it doesn't help that we have a record setting running back either with right one of the best offensive lines I've seen in
1: a long time. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: And, you know, just real quick, I mean, we're kind of running out of time here, but shout out to Jameer breaking a Hmm. close to 60-year-old rushing record for career rushing yards and still, like, you know, going to set that and set the bar at the end of the year whenever he's done with this, hopefully after week 15. Uh, He's one touchdown away from the career rushing touchdown record. I think we talked about it, but it's never really been brought up that he's got the career tackles for loss yardage
1: record. If yeah, have you heard of that one? No, no. Uh, we didn't even know they kept that stat. I was looking at the records, and at one point he was four yards away from more from most negative yardage tackle for loss yardage uh, from a defensive player standpoint. And I think he was four yards away, and you know it's been a couple games, and I think he had. More than that, just last game, yeah, possibly. Well, so that sack was, so uh, yeah, I haven't seen the probably, official sheet yet, but yeah. we think that he also broke that record. Uh, when you're looking at that small of things, I'm sure he's going to be at the top of a lot of leader leaderboards.
2: Yeah, he uh, he is an absolute workhorse on Friday nights, and he put a lot of you know he ran track this spring, and I think it's been brought up. In the paper, I believe, um, I think Chris Easterling talked about it because, um, you know, his longest run last year I think was was 25, th- uh, 30 yards maybe, and he's got like eight runs this year that are like forty and above.
0: He had three um, of them in Glen Oak.
2: Yeah, so um, and he's he's just got that extra burst this year, um, that he hadn't had before, and I think that's his working that was his working track, you know. Um, coming out, you know, he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna break the hundred meter record by Devin Smith, or you know, he wasn't gonna be able to run with Tyree. But it's not about that, you know. It's it's not about you know. Uh, he came out, and he knew that he needed to get faster, and whatever that time was for him to get faster, he wanted to improve that. And I don't think there's any more proof than, you know, his speed and his breakaway ability this year. Um, because you put the work in, put the time in,
0: mm-hmm. and it, not to be lost in that. I mean, our offensive line has done a great job, you know, mm-hmm. opening up holes. I think it was a lot of the Glen Oak game. It was he was getting to the second level based on scheme mm-hmm. and guy and the line executing that scheme perfectly. But he still has made a lot of plays himself, like the Montclair game, his big run in the second half. Uh, that was a that was all him, mm-hmm. and a lot of this game too i mean we were at they had a plus one and run defense for most of the game and he just he came out and he did what he does right
2: i i know as a as a former safety that if i gotta tackle that guy for four quarters you know you know by the fourth quarter i'm gonna be like dang man Mm -hmm. i gotta tackle this dude again you know he just he wears on you. He made a guy miss in the hole in that long touchdown run this past Friday to, um, I think to get us to, uh, touchdown before Jaden's, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was in the fourth quarter. Um, but they had an unblocked guy in the hole, you know, just because they were in zero coverage and they were, they were plus one. Mm-hmm. You know, they were trying to stack the box and, and, and trying to just cover our receivers with their athletes. And, um, he made a guy miss, and you know, off he went, and they weren't going to catch him. Um, but our offensive line, you know, like, you know, Aiden and our offensive line, you know, um, I don't want to say are overlooked, um, maybe don't get the spotlight as much yeah. as maybe they should, because um, we know, you know what I mean. I mean, the coaching staff and the other the other kids on the team, they know, you know. But um,
0: yeah, that's, that's a, a big, big thing I try and point out on here. Like, you know, two weeks ago, I went on a 20-minute rant about adjusted average yards per carry to show how much our line has done for us. Yeah. And I've been keeping track of, you know, we've had a couple sacks throughout the year, but that's been more blown assignment than anything. Um, we had two this game. I think one was Aiden tried – he tucked it and tried to scramble. Right. And the kid just made the play like a yard or two behind the line. Yeah, of yeah, I remember that one, yeah. The other one – that really was our first one where it was the guy one-on-one on one with the linemen got beat. But still, I'd call that more a coverage sack than anything. Yeah. And to your point and to what we try and drive home, our line has been tremendous this tremendous. year. Tremendous. You know,
2: and, uh, you know, John Major does a fantastic job. You know, our offensive lines in the last three or four years have been been really, really good. Mm-hmm. And the one common thread, obviously, we have – good players and good kids the common thread is john Mazer, offensive line coach um you know he prepares those kids you know, he gets them ready you know he, he's a great technician he's a great teacher and um you know th- you know it's not a surprise to me that our offensive lines playing the way they're playing
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean we've touched on it before when it comes to you know four-quarter football you know, that that really starts with an offensive line. I, I feel like if you want to be dominant for four quarters, you have to have that dominant line that just starts to wear on a defense. I mean, you've touched on how, you know, Jameer is a runner, his physicality can really wear down on tacklers, but I mean I feel like as a as a whole, our offense and our defense, we're just we're so physical the entire game, it starts to wear down on the other team.
2: Yeah, you know, that 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 goes back to our mentality we established in January of, of you know, of of four quarter football and you know I'm playing tiger football, playing masculine football the way it's been played for you know 130 years or wherever we're at you know and and that's a testament to the kids and the work they put in and the strength they've gained and and uh and you know and their attitude you know you, you could be the strongest kid in the weight room but if you're not you know if you don't have the heart and the attitude it don't get you nowhere you know I've seen guys in the weight room bench and squat a boatload and get them on the field and and you know get blown off the ball mm-hmm. you know i've also seen guys the other way so the combination of of speed and, and strength and want to you know they want to win you know that yeah. makes it that makes it dangerous
0: you know your bench press has nothing to do with how well you get back up after you just been to in the mouth
2: right yep it's all about what's inside your chest mm-hmm.
0: and um there are a couple other things i wanted to touch on but i'll kind of sprint them real quick uh they had 23 penalties yeah. accepted, 26, you know, total right. called on them. Uh, you know, 10 of those were either false start or um, – Illegal motion. Illegal motion. Yeah. A handful of more were uh, offsides. I know we had a big fourth down conversion because we got them to jump. Right. And, and you know, so the people saying, you know, oh, just, you, those guys got homered at Maslin. No chance. Nobody gets homered at Maslin like Maslin does. Right. Uh <laughs> Um, no,
2: a lot of the times they had two guys in motion. The back would be moving, and the jet guy would be, mo- be yeah. moving and I mean, uh, that's illegal you can't
0: you can't yeah. do that i don't i know uh cope said at the booster club meeting noah kiefer he had a coming out party that game yeah. and it, it you couldn't see it you know on the stat sheet or from the stands because he's getting held every play yeah and it seemed like you know every time he that quarterback dropped back to throw and those linemen pass said it, they could have thrown a flag on somebody holding somebody else
2: yeah you know it, you know, they, they had a lot of penalties. Uh, you know, like I said, 10 of them were, were, were offsides. Or, um, you know, some of that was because of the crowd in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Um, but they had two guys in motion quite a bit. The back would be moving, you know, either right or left, and the jet guy becoming in motion. Um, you know, and obviously that's that's illegal. You can't do that in <laughs> a game of football. But, you know, they they missed some holdings on, on Nikoa. They had a hard time blocking Nicoa on the edge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that tackle really did. Um and from my point of view, I and mean, the, the the holdings they did call, I mean, I don't know how you don't call that. You know, I don't know how you set, it with set eyes. And he he was, I mean, l- literally drugged down and tackled, and and it, it, especially when it's on the edge like that. at yeah. Everybody in the stadium sees it. So you know. Um,
0: and we even had a couple pass interference calls where I thought the defender made a great play. I mean, like Rob went on an entire rant in the stands about how it doesn't matter what you do to the receiver, if you get a hand on the ball, you made a great play, you know? Yeah. And that we get those flags get thrown on us.
2: The two pass interferences got yeah, called one, one was on Tyree on our sideline, the other one was on Max in the scoreboard end zone. Yeah. I told both those guys, great play.
0: Yeah. That's I, I think Rob ended the rant with me that I don't care if I drop kick the kid. If, if I, I get got a hand on the ball, the ball, I made a great play.
1: Yeah, I remember saying that. It was obviously an exaggeration, but I, I do remember yeah. saying that.
2: If you could drop kick and get a hand on the ball, I mean, we need to we need to talk to you That's about going play. to Cleveland. Yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: um, just real quick. I mean, you know that was, that was a great game. Um, I we're not going to see that this week or next week. I hope. I don't think, unless they've got a the bunch of kids they haven't dressed for most of the season yet. Uh, just looking ahead a little bit to Sun Valley, offensively, you know they like to spread the ball out, like to go four or five wide, empty sets, a little bit of bunch sets. Um, five, their running backs, best player. Their line seems a bit undersized. They get like, a couple kids, two hundred thirty pounds. The rest are about two hundred or so. Do you see anything on their offense that you know you want to speak of?
2: Yeah, number five is a good ball player. I mean, he's the tailback. They'll split him out into uh, the slot which try to give him the ball in different ways. Um, he's a good player. I mean, he really is. I think he's rushed for 1,000 yards um, in eight through uh, through seven weeks. Um, number number 12 is probably their top wideout. Number 15 um, is probably their second best wideout. Again, good players, um, good speed. Um, quarterback's number three. Looks like he's a big, tall kid. Um, can throw the ball. He can throw the ball around a little bit. Um, struggles a little bit with accuracy at sometimes. And then sometimes you'll see him drop a ball in there you're like, man, that's a really good throw. Um, so, um, you know, consistency for him, that quarterback is probably a the thing they're going to work on. But I've seen him make some throws where, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, that's a really, really good throw. Um, offensive line's a little undersized, but they get after it. Fullback's a good player, 33. He, he, he likes to block on the edge, and uh, he's a physical kid. Um, You know, it'll be a different set of challenges for us, but, uh, you know, I think we'll be ready to roll. I think we'll be ready to play and, you know, get win number eight.
0: That's what I like to hear. Um, Defensively, you know, it looks like they uh, run a 3-4, kind of similar to us, but with they usually like to have one of the linebackers down, create a four-man front. I assume we're going to see, you know, more of a five-man front, kind of stacked box, just like we've seen the rest of the year. Uh, They they kind of switch up between cover two cover four or at least two high uh shell and yeah two high shell uh roll to a one high when they have to i'm just guessing they're gonna have to roll to one high um try and stop our run st v's the only team that's played is consistently too high all year mm-hmm. i know uh east st louis i think they tried it one play when uh um, Jameer, rattled Jameer rattled off like a 30-yard run on a quick trap and, and just split the safeties. safeties was upfield. Um, you've seen anything on him, or is it just you know?
2: No, I, I don't. I don't see much of the other teams' um, defense hardly at all. You know, I might watch mm-hmm. a little bit, of just kind of get the flow of the game, kind of feel. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, because the way film is now, you can sort and filter and watch only what you want to watch. Sometimes we like just watching a full game just kind of feel how the game goes on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, but when I do that, I'm not really watching to see what schemes they're running. I'm just kind of watching it more like from the outside, just trying mm-hmm. to yeah. and watch it more like a fan, just to kind of get a feel for flow of the game and, and you know, speed and tempo and kind of how the game's going. So I, I, I don't really – I won't – you know, I don't study it or anything like that.
0: Yeah. But just, you yeah. know, just, just to, to give, give the, the fans, fans – People that listen here an idea expect to see just more stacked boxes. Um, I don't think I've really ever seen them in cover zero, so probably keep one high safety. Uh, they didn't look like they had the athletes to match up like East St. Louis did, so probably more zone coverage than man. Uh, you know, Expect more of the same from us to attack them, either part of the ball or like a two-by-two two kind of forward set You'd, or take advantage of whatever they're giving us.
2: Yeah, that's what our offense is really good at, is taking advantage of what teams give us. You know, and and I think Aiden's thrown four or five touchdowns and a half twice this year. Is that right? The two games where he was four or five touchdowns in the first half alone.
0: I mean, that sounds right. Considering we've had oh, what, yeah, like four yeah. running clocks and
2: you know, against in those games, I'm guessing the you know the teams probably stack the box, take away the run, and mm-hmm. were he would open it up and throw the ball and, and score points. If teams are going to try to take away uh, Trey and and Jaden and and Dean and you know those guys, and then play too high or play. Do- I seen Fitz actually double team Tray for a while. Yeah, you know, obviously that means there's less one less guy in the box Mm -hmm. so and
0: i I think that was more in the red zone when they run uh you know bracket coverage on Trey, and still run kind of a cover three type system in the middle which i want to have this discussion sometime off air We can't have it here since we're running out of time a bit but um about why teams want to run you know one high in the red zone but that's for another day right um for now though I think we've covered just about all the football we can, and we're going to get into our last segment here we have with guests, our little rapid-fire questions. Ed, did you listen last week? No, I did not. Sorry, Cale, but that's good for us so we can recycle some questions. I'm sure Cale was great, though. Oh, he was fantastic. Yeah. Best guest we've had Oh, well, yeah. so far.
2: I thought I was blowing him out of the
0: water. So far. Yeah. You know, this isn't published yet, so. Right, right, right. <laughs>
1: all right so uh rob you want to lead her off yeah sure we'll see here you got how many questions you got Seven, Seven or eight. eight. Seven or eight. All right, I'm I'm at five right now, so we'll see if I can think of some on the fly, or right. you might have to double up. We're just gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions back and forth. Uh, the point is to give us a quick response if you can. Uh, they're not football related, so oh, let's just see what no you football. can do. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's all go. Right, I'll start we with just it. want to get the audience yeah, right. to learn who you are as a person. All right. We're cool. Hey. All right. All right let's go. I'll I'll start with uh, start with an easy one just to add one to my list. Oh, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite color? Orange. Perfect. <laughs> attaboy a boy. How do you drink your coffee? (laughs) Um,
2: uh, Three sugars. Yikes. (laughs)
1: Uh, How do you have your steak cooked? Medium rare. Yes. Uh, No A1 sauce.
0: Hey, if the steak's right, it doesn't need it. Jim approves. All right. Um, You order a pizza. What are your go-to toppings? Um,
2: Well... I've got a new favorite. All right. Let's hear it. Jalapeno bacon from Krause's. Ooh. Might need to
0: be making a phone call here soon.
2: Jalapeno bacon from Krause's. I got to give credit to my wife, Ashley. She's the one that brought it up because she makes these jalapeno wrapped or bacon wrapped jalapenos Mm -hmm. stuffed with meat and cheese, Mm -hmm. and they're fantastic, right? So we ordered a a pizza from Krause's. She's like, hey, let's just get jalapenos and bacon on it. I'm like... You're a genius. <laughs> like That's why I married you, because of this right that's here. This moment is right here, right here, here, is, here gonna happen. is why I married you. And we ordered jalapeno bacon, and it was everything I thought it was going to be.
1: Oh, I might have to try that out. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody out there uh,
2: that, that uh, Krause's jalapeno bacon pizza.
1: I know my dinner's tomorrow. <laughs> you got that lined up. All right. Uh, would you rather your shirts always be one size too small or two sizes too big? One size too small. All
0: right. You're stuck on a deserted island. Which coach do you bring with you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what coach do I bring with you on a deserted island? There's a lot of factors. Oh, my gosh. I could just bring... Is it just one? Yes. Yeah. One, one on, on staff now. One on staff now. Oh, my gosh. These are I, rapid I, fire. I, yeah. I got to go a stew. All right. I like it. Are hot dogs
1: sandwiches? Absolutely not. One hundred percent Who says that? Hey, I'm asking the questions here. You answer. Them. <laughs> I beg to differ.
0: If it's the bill, you know, you got you got bread, meat, bread. But well, that's a different. <laughs> so it's, it's hank the things are, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, your best, best feature. My
2: best feature, yes. Right now would be by ravishing red and gray beard. <laughs> I agree.
0: <laughs> it is pretty
2: ravishing. My wife, uh, uh, she wants me to cut it, but <laughs> no I can't because we're winning.
1: All right. What is the? Beard. What's the perfect temperature to have the thermostat set at? <laughs> For me, it is sixty-eight degrees.
0: One away from nice. Nice. Okay. <laughs> you win the lottery. What's your first purchase? First one. You just you uh, saw uh, you won the t- t- ticket. T- new house. It? Huh? New house. New house.
2: Oh, yeah. First thing that came to my mind. Right. Now I would also put um, maybe a roof over Paul Brown. I like it. Um, maybe put a, a new football weight room only on one side of the end zone, and I'll, you know. Maybe but my first, my first yeah. thought, and I'm sure everybody's, you know, yeah. definitely, yeah, big old yeah. house, yeah, yeah. You, you, with a
0: pool and a oh, hot yeah. tub, and would you want to sponsor your you favorite
2: know. podcast? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be called the Jason Jarvis Podcast. That. That's fine. We can change it. I, I
1: have my price. Let's <laughs> do it. Right. Pancakes or
2: waffles? Pancakes.
0: I'm a pancake guy. All right. Most off the wall or crazy conspiracy theory you believe in? Oh, geez. Whoa. Can I have two? Yes. Sure. You can have all the ones you want. Uh,
2: I got two. All right. All right. Um, the first one is the chupacabra. All right. Yeah. You know, Coach McConnell's dad. Um saw a chupacabra swimming in the swimming pool and then jump over the fence. I think it's about an eight-foot fence out back. And then the chupacabra then jumped um, out of the water over the eight-foot fence. And then I saw saw one about two weeks later. (laughs) So I'm always telling McConnell about the chupacabra. And then Trox is from South Carolina, and he they got the they got the lee county lee county lizard man <laughs> down in south carolina and and trox uh because troxer grew up with this lizard man guy and he he claims it's real. I mean, it, it's yeah. a known fact down there. It's it's a it's, a, it's the uh, Lee County lizard man.
0: Kale Kale brought him up last week. Yeah. he answered the question the same way. I yeah. call him the uh, lizard man from Dixieland. Yeah, it's yeah. Lee, uh, Lee, yeah. County. yeah. Lee, Lee County. Lee, Lee County. Lee County. And it he apparently eats chrome off of cars. Yeah, he, <laughs>
2: he sucks the chrome off of the the chrome bumpers. not what's it's the,
0: fact? What's the macronutrients on that? I can't imagine there's a lot of protein in there.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's a lizard man, so. You know, I imagine he probably gets most of his. Now, Trox has got a theory that he thinks it's more alligator than lizard because Mm -hmm. he lives underneath the water sometimes. He can stay underneath water. Mm -hmm. So that's that's Trox's theory that he's more alligator than lizard. You know, they call Mm -hmm. him the lizard man. Okay. Right, but yeah, Liz, lizard man of Lee County, South Carolina. All
1: right, lizard man, chupacabra, and chupacabra. It's, it's real on Wikipedia. Coach McConnell. We're, we're is, too, we're too oh yeah, lizard man's. So oh yeah, it's it, a real deal. It's real. Right. It's a real. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. we're gonna have to go hunt yeah. uh, All right, how many chickens would it take to beat up an elephant? Wow, <laughs> chickens can be nasty. Huh?
2: You know, I'm gonna go with ten thousand.
0: Okay. I think 10,000 chickens could beat up like most things. Mm-hmm. Much less yeah. an elephant.
2: I just saw a, a guy on uh, Twitter today. This chicken, every day he lets him out, and the chicken chases him into the house. <laughs> and, and there's like a security camera footage of it. Mm-hmm. And so you see this guy just running across the screen, and there's this, this chicken full sprinting behind him, chasing <laughs> him into the house. I don't know. I laughed today at lunch when I was watching it.
1: I saw a video today of a of a dad trying to toughen up his kid who's afraid of chickens, and so he was like in the same fence, and he was getting chased <laughs> around by a rooster, and it just kept cock a doodling at him, and the kid was crying. There. Oh yeah,
2: dad. they're scary. Yeah. You know, they're they're scary. I <laughs> get that. You know, that big thing that hangs down. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: I don't have anything to add besides supposedly dinosaurs are birds, so chickens are T Rex's cousins, so it must be pretty mean. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, they get after it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and to uh, close out. I just have to ask this question because it's Uh-oh. the most ridiculous thing I've ever found, and I don't know how I'd answer it. Okay. If you were a flavor of ice cream, what flavor would you be and why? Holy cow.
2: If I was a flavor of ice cream. Well, I guess, you, you know, the old saying is that you are what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I'm a big uh, chocolate chip cookie dough fan. That's the one. So I guess if I am what I eat, then I would be chocolate chip cookie dough, right?
1: I think that was a good way to answer it. That math checks out. Yeah. Right? That I, works,
2: right? Yeah. I wrote yeah. that down. Yeah, that so. checks out. We're yeah. good to yeah. go. Okay, good to go. Yeah.
1: A plus B. There you B, go. All right. B plus C. Yeah, yeah right. C. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: All right. So all right. that's it for, uh, what, the week eight edition of the Black Swarm Podcast? Go Tigers. Hey, okay. uh, Jar, welcome back anytime you want. Thanks, good guys. That was,
2: that was fun. Yeah, appreciate it. I enjoyed that.
0: Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, go Tigers, Beats on Valley. Let's go. Go Tigers.